0: Hey, welcome. Thank you for being part of Mariners this morning. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors of the church. Have you ever been to Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, that store that uh, has all kinds of stuff? It's a great store if you can focus your mind on what you want. You see, you walk in and there is stuff everywhere, everywhere. There's electronic stuff, there's kitchen stuff, there's bed stuff, there's bath stuff, and there's beyond stuff. And it's not just down low, they have stuff that's like 35 feet high, and maybe you want to go in and buy like one carrot peeler, and there is so much stuff that you lose sight of what you want to buy. And you're walking down the aisles, and you can't remember what you want because there's so much stuff around. And so you walk out, and you get in the car, and I'm I'm asked, did you get the carrot peeler? And I just go, huh? We get distracted in life. Life has lots of distractions, and one of the coolest things is that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, and we have the privilege of being able to find fulfillment and joy in that. But there is so much stuff in life, bed and bath and beyond and beyond that, and so we sometimes begin to lose sight of what God is saying to us. How do you hear God's voice above the noise? And that's what we're going to be spending a few minutes talking about today. But for the next few moments, we want to slow down, just slow down. And look at this incredible God that we have. I mean, we do have a God who speaks to us. He speaks to us. He speaks in us. He speaks within our hearts. And I want to give you a few seconds to begin to prepare yourself to encounter and experience this God. Would you take a moment right now and just just slow down? You may want to close your eyes. You may want to bow your head. You may certainly want to put your busy mind on pause, quiet your soul. Think of a God who's love. Think of a God who loves you. Think of his son, Jesus, who invites you to come. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend time with you now. Let's take a moment before our awesome God. Well, we are gonna be talking about hearing God's voice above the noise because we inwardly know that God's voice above all other ones is the voice we ought to follow. And in the Bible, there are situations that people go through, and actually, because they go through them, we can learn, and we can relate, and we can not make the mistakes that they have made. One situation is in the Bible book called Haggai. Now, Haggai, H-A-G-G-A-I, is going to be a book that you'll need the table of contents to find. It's kind of just tucked in there. It's a little teeny itty-bitty book in the Old Testament. But it's a pretty cool book with a pretty cool message. And the message is this. In the midst of all these distractions in life, in the midst of all the things that are coming our way, how do I know what God wants me to do? How can I hear his voice enough to know this is what I should be doing? Now, let me set the stage for what's happening People of Israel had got conquered and were taken as exiles to Babylon for a period of time, like 70 years. They were, they were upped out, pushed away, and, and, and taken captive for that long. Judea, Jerusalem, which is a capital city which is going to play a big role in Haggai's story. It would be kind of like the people of Bakersfield, I guess, coming in and conquering us and taking us to the Central Valley for 70 years. Exile. Horrible place anyway a new mayor of Bakersfield comes and he says yeah those coastsiders they can go back to their to their their homeland and so we did and when we get back here after 70 years we find the place trashed I mean it's just been sitting here for 70 years and I have to add into to this that the center of everything in Jerusalem in their town was the temple The temple was was pretty much it because God wanted to be central in their lives. And the same is true for us. It's not with the building, though. It's with him working in our hearts. But for them, it was symbolically revealed in the temple that God dwelt among his people because they had this nice, beautiful temple. And they were supposed to show the world how central and important God was in their lives by the quality or the building that they had of the temple, where they would come and worship. And his presence among the people was represented there, and it was a big building, worship and praise. Well, after 70 years, that got trashed too. And so the people arrived back after 70 years, and holy smoke, the place is a mess. I mean, everything is weed-grown, infested, and and they try and find their old family homestead and they they see it's there and they say, Wow, we need to work on the temple. The temple is important, but right now we kinda gotta have a place to live. And and and, and so they they, they they clear their spot, they they start rebuilding up their homes. And a few weeks later, it was I know we need to get that temple going, but but man, the weeds have grown for 70 years. i got to get those knocked down. And so we start working in the backyard, and, and we start cleaning those out in our spare time. We're doing the, the interior, and this goes on. It's like the temple, yep, 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 I got, I got it down here. It's on my list. Got to work on the temple. But I need to get a new roof, and then I need to paint the place. And you know what? Home Depot is having a sale on new cabinetry. And, and, you know, I'll be able to get to that temple thing once I finish with this crown molding in the dining room, and then the hot tub just arrived. Once I get that hooked up, then I'll certainly consider working on the temple. Do, do you understand what's happening? And after about 10 years of this, our houses are looking pretty fine. They're pretty good, but the temple looks just the same. And sometimes it's a lot like that for us, too, if you can understand how sometimes hard it is for us to separate the priorities between, well, what we like and what God wants. It's like that old story of the kid who was going to Sunday school and his dad gave him two quarters. You've heard this story. The dad said, one, one is for the offering, put one quarter into the offering and the other, well... The other quarter you can have, stop by the store and get a piece of candy after church. And so the kid takes off with the two quarters in his hand and he drops them both. He stumbles and drops both and one lands at his feet and the other one just keeps rolling and goes down into the the drain and is lost. And the kid said, oops, there goes God's quarter. And sometimes that's the way it is with us, the first thing that goes is what really should be going to God. So Haggai says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. And you say, not time yet? You know, it's been 10 years. 10 years. Um, And it's always kind of, and and we know that because we feel it's when I'm less busy, when I have a little bit more time, when I have a little bit more money. And then it goes on. It says, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Now, Haggai is a prophet, and he's been around. He's been around a long time. He probably saw the first temple. And so that puts him at least around 80 years old. And so I always picture the prophets, and I don't know if it goes back to my old days growing up, but as kind of you know, an older guy with long hair and, a, and, a, and a, an old robe, you know, and a, and a big beard. Um... Haggai was one of those older prophets. But his name actually, Haggai, believe it or not, it means festive, or party, and it actually may mean he was born during a a feast time, or maybe he was just a party animal. I don't know. And so all of a sudden, I picture in my mind his long hair kind of tied up in a ponytail and he's wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. I, I, I don't know. But whatever he looked like, he was focused on God. Living in the joy of God and helping people find how to live in the joy and fulfillment of a life with God. That's what he was focused on and that's what he wanted because that's what God wants for you and me. It says this, then then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panel houses while this house, the temple?" Well, this house remains a ruin. Now, it's not a bad question. Um, Not a comfortable question. I mean, I wouldn't like that question. And it's not about materialism. It's really not. It's about priorities and what's really important to us. There's a good verse in, in the book of Psalms. that says this, teach us to realize how short life really is so that we may be wise and know what's important. And that's a good prayer, and that's a good thing to ask God. God, teach me to know how short life really is, so I can figure out what's really important. I only have so much time, I only have so much money, so what's really important? Now, how do I know what God wants me to do? Because again... Their situation is our situation as well. How do I know what God wants me to do? There's a lot of noise going along here. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of things that, that I'm attracted to. There's a lot of things that I can't be doing. There's a lot of things that I should be doing. And there's a lot of things that I, it seems like I have to be doing. How do I hear God's voice to know what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know that? And there are answers that are out there. In fact, this is what the book of Haggai is all about. And this is what the first chapter talks about. First of all, this is what it's going to tell us, and this is what we need to do. Number one, first of all, give careful thought to what's really important. Give careful thought to what's really important. Haggai says this. No, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Verse 7, he says the same thing. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. God says it twice. Twice. Now, give careful thought. It's really interesting that the words in Hebrew actually mean put your innards, your guts, on the road. Believe it or not, that's what it literally says. Put your guts, put the inside part of you on the road. You say, whoosh, But really? But it's a good phrase. And what it means is, look, there's a junction ahead. There is where the road's going to divide. And you can go one of two ways. One road goes this way. The other road goes that way. One is a, 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 a direction in which God's not there. The other one is a direction where God would want. So make the choice. But you would say, you make the choice, but put your guts into it. Literally. Put your whole heart, your whole soul into it. Think carefully, because whatever road you take, you're going to be giving your all to that. Make it and go. Give careful thought to that. (laughs) There's a phrase that's out there, and it's used a lot for um, younger generations. Um, It's FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out, F-O-M-O and and it's it's kind of a big thing and 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 you know there's a lot of it with a lot of the social media it's kind of helped it's kind of helped create this this thought of we're afraid to commit to one thing because if something better comes along I'll miss out and i can know right away what the other thing is if i'm stuck at this thing because i've got it right here fear of missing out and so helping Younger generations, helping kids know Jesus has a new challenge, because if I commit to youth group and -and so-and-so doesn't come, they may be doing something what? Something better. And I'll be missing out. I'm not coming. Why not? There's priority challenges now. And the people back then had trouble giving careful thought to their ways. They had... Trouble putting their their guts on the line. They put their heart on the wrong road. And God is going to be helpful for us in this. Listen to what it says. It says this now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. There it is. You have planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but they're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Why did I do that, God would ask? Because my temple lies in ruins, and while well, every one of you is busy working on your own house. Now, it's a pretty cool statement, and, and again, you can look at, wow, what is God doing? What God's doing, and what this says to me, is God loves me so much that he'll bring emptiness to the things in my life that could never bring fullness. God will emphasize the emptiness of things that don't even have the capability of bringing fullness. You can plant, but if that's not what God wants you to do, then you're never going to have enough. You can drink, but if that's not what God wants you to be doing, you'll never have your fill. You follow what he's saying? You can have your, your career, but it won't give you fulfillment in life. Apart from you saying, God, this is, I should be committed to this instead. I think it's pretty cool. Now, I'm sure it's frustrating to people. But God actually creates in us an emptiness in the things that can never provide fullness. He has this built-in defect in certain things that are not his will for our lives, so that we would say, I'm, I'm just not, it's just not making it for me here. So we can then switch to really what, what does. Essentially, God is saying, how's this working for you? And the, the second step is this, second thing is this, discover what God is doing in his world and become a part of it. Discover what God is doing in this world and become a part of it. Because honestly, nothing else will really give you fulfillment than what God is doing in this world. I, I still look at one of the highlights, and I mentioned this last week. Um, at 19, going against everything macho that was within me and volunteering to work with children at Vacation Bible School and seeing eight kids trust Christ. And it seemed like that was the only real thing I would ever done in my life to that point. And and I know the feeling of getting the house painted and the yard put in. I get that. I like that. I like to do that kind of stuff. And buying new patio lights and hanging them. But then all of a sudden to reprioritize and see something happen when a person invites God into their life is so much better. Or see that when what I give goes to a kid going to camp and discovering Jesus, all of a sudden you realize so much better. Next is do what God tells me to do. If I really want to do what God wants me to, I have to do what he's telling me to do. It says this, and I like this. It says, Then the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent I've I've come across people in life who are thinkers, and there are some people that are feelers. Um, And and, and I'm I'm, I'm more, I hope, I hope I'm more of a a thinker. Well, I hope, I hope I think, I guess. And anyway, I I, I tend to kind of land on more of the the thinkers than the the feelers. And um, sometimes feelers will say, well, what are you feeling that God is saying to you? What are you feeling that God is telling you? Or what are you hearing God say? And my response is, I hear nothing. I'm feeling nothing. But the older I get, the more I'm beginning to be sensitive to those feelings and those thoughts and those impressions that God puts in my life. Jesus said this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. And I know he's talking about the disciples, to the disciples. I know he's talking about Scripture, and he's talking about the, the depths of what Jesus was sharing. I know that includes that. But I also know that the Holy Spirit is a dynamic part of this life in God. And sometimes, despite myself, I find a feeling and an impression to call this person to send a text to this person, to email that person, to say this, and it always turns out to be the right thing to do. I used to kind of say, nah, to that stuff. But then, this is how God works in us on the day-to-day and in the individual times. And sometimes, we may be hesitant to listen to God because we're afraid of what he's going to say. Never be afraid. God has plans to help, not harm. And so there's a simple prayer. Samuel, Samuel, in the Bible, prayed it. He said this. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I love that verse. I love that verse. Because it's the willingness of somebody to say, God, speak to me. I'm your servant. I'm listening. Tell me what to do. And that would be, um, move to the last, that would be experience, God's presence. Then Haggai gave the Lord's message to the people I will be with you. That is my promise. You listen to God's voice above the noise. You start to do what God moves you to do. You begin to set your priorities correctly. God says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And that's his promise. This must be Old Stories Week. And um, when I was new to this whole Jesus thing, I was part of a college-age group of kids. And we were learning about Jesus, and, and there was actually, I was kind of, you know, and if, and if you're kind of new to this, you kind of want to stand back and just kind of gauge what's going on to this and say, I'm just going to try and figure this stuff out, you know, before I really put my guts on the line here on the road. And and, and there was a, 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 a girl there who was, and I don't know how to put it, she was awkward. I mean, awkward. She dressed different. She was very unkempt. She didn't really looked like she took care of herself at all. Very annoying personality. I mean, just not a pleasant person you'd want to be around. And she'd sit by herself. She'd sit always sit by herself because no one else wanted to sit next to her. And I remember thinking, and I remember thinking this, as I'm, I'm kind of standing there, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking, if these kids, if these other kids here were really serious about their faith, they'd reach out to her. If they were really serious about their faith, they'd reach out to her. And each week I would say to myself, somebody should reach out to her, somebody should talk to her. Now there are a couple of times in my life where I would say God touched me almost with a voice. This doesn't happen very often, just a few times. And I remember one weekend as I was saying, somebody needs to talk to her. Something in the back of my head said, well, you're somebody, and that's what God wants. And that's what God wants from me, from you, to say, speak, Lord, I'm, I'm listening, and when he says, you're somebody, do we've already made that commitment in our hearts to hear God's voice above the noise and do. That we have said, this is the road I want to take. I've put myself on your road, God. I'm already committed to do what you want. Sort out the noise to help me focus on only what you want for this life is no longer my life. It's given to you. Because you gave your life to me in Jesus Christ. So, not only, not only help me hear you, help me do what you want me to do, and there I will find my fulfillment and my joy. Would you pray with me right now? father we we would want to be your people in this world, and a lot of stuff that could lead us down wrong roads, and a lot of stuff that just leads to empty roads and I know that's not good, um, and we've been there and you're gracious and kind and loving in us loving us enough to show us that even though there may be food, we won't get filled enough and Stuff to drink will never have our thirst quenched, apart from anything from you, and that's your grace and goodness that shows us the emptiness of things that could never ever satisfy. So, Father, help us to listen to that voice of yours, to commit ourselves to the Savior that loved us enough to die on the cross for us. Help us to see that this life we live is no longer to be lived for ourselves, Well, we've got eternity for you to help us with that. This life now is for you and your work and your plan. And so help us to do with everything we've got, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.